This NHC GOP podcast is sponsored by Wendell August Forge, crafted by American artisans in America for nearly a century. Wendell August gifts are unique symbols of the stories, traditions, and milestones that bind us together. Christmas is coming up, so this is a perfect time to get holiday ornaments. Right now, buy three ornaments, get the fourth free. Use the code STOCKUP when you check out. Find out more about Wendell August Forge at wendellaugust.com. Forged with care, given with love, Wendell August Forge. Good evening and welcome to the NHC GOP podcast. I'm Rule Sample. Honored to be talking with Melissa Mason, candidate for school board. Good evening, Melissa. How are you tonight? I am good. I am ready for election day. <laughs> we were talking before the podcast started that this has been tiring. This is, if you've ever run track before, the, the quarter mile is the worst thing to do, and you're running the quarter mile right now. So <laughs> I want to talk to you and ask you, you've been talking to people during the actual voting and before all this started going to parents and educators and teachers. What is the top thing on their minds that you're hearing about from them? So I just had, it was uh, about two weeks ago, there was a meet and greet that we had at an amazing patron's house and, um, amazing voters house. And, and we were given the opportunity to speak to this uh, awesome group of people. And one woman came up to me and she said, you have to get social emotional learning out of our schools. Hmm. And I, I looked at her and I said, really tell me more. And so she began to tell me she has a high school student um, who was really close to the shooter last year. Mm. Really close, like you can see him um, on the camera video, like the videos that got out before, you know, everything got pulled back in. Um, he was right there and he was he was very much traumatized. So she told me that he gets this outside counseling, which is great. Um, he missed like 30 days of school that year because he was just so it was so much. Um, but what she said to me is they do SEL and social emotional learning and it's damaging him he hates it he does not want to participate and he asks me all the time to remove him from it um and so there's been this narrative that's been going on um with you know reporters and with some of the some of the administrators that, that social emotional learning it's only done like at random points of the day and you know as needed it's as needed um and this this woman's story just completely runs counter to that i had another individual who shared um a student schedule and i actually have it um with me it's i'll, I'll read it to you it's uh, 720, 750 arrival and morning routines, 750 to 755 morning announcements, and 755 to 810 morning meeting SEL mental health check-in. That's, that's actually on the list. They actually that's on the list, written right on that schedule. And so to, to tell parents, to tell the community, to tell everybody that this is not a scheduled thing, it's happening, you know, at random points, it's, it's disingenuous and it's, um, not accurate. And so I actually brought that to the attention of some of the um, individuals that were reporting that 
Um, and then they turned around and wrote an article all about social emotional learning and said, um, let me, let me find the quote here. Um, it might look like teachers have flexibility here. It could be one 20 to 30 minute lesson where we're going to focus on how we make friends and how we foster those relationships and maintain those relationships. So now we're going from the story just keeps changing. You know, we're going from, well, it's not scheduled to, yes, it is 15 minutes every day to now it could be 20 to 30 minutes. And then within the same article, they say, oh, but it's not taking time away from academics. It, but you're taking, when you're, when you're spending 30 to 45 minutes on it, that adds up. Let, let's, let's get something out of the way because we've talked about social emotional learning, SEL, throughout this entire process. It is one of the big things that, that you have been focusing on and, and other like-minded people have been focusing on. What is social emotional learning? Cause on, 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 on the face of it, it sounds pretty, innocuous and it's uh, pretty that's its purpose. pretty tame it's supposed to sound pretty and it's supposed to sound good um a lot of it is based in equity um there's there's different components to it um and i look at there's let me see there's several different i have uh i have lots of handout like lots of things that i carry with me <laughs> but there are there are um five core, I forget what they call them, core principles, I want to say. Uh, we have self-awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, relationship skills, and social awareness. Now, all of those sound pretty good. Um, but as somebody who's been an educator for now 18 years, because I'm just doing my fifth year over at Cape Fear Community College, Congratulations. 18 years of education, it sounds really nice. However, these are all things that on the surface, you don't need to set aside 20, 30 minutes to teach because you can do it through content. But if you dig deeper into some of these different arenas under self-awareness, um, it says um, the abilities to understand one's own emotions, thoughts and values and how they influence behavior across contexts. But then they dig in and they talk about um, integrating personal and social identities. Now, when you get down, when you get down to identities, that starts crossing some lines there because mm -hmm. what identities are you referring to? And exactly. that's where they can kind of dig into some of these, um, other ideas that they've been saying they're not digging into. Um, but if you keep on going, it talks about examining prejudices and biases. Now, Social emotional learning is done primarily, I mean, they do it across all levels, mm -hmm. but the, the core teaching begins in elementary school. So another candidate I know mentioned, you know, you talk about, well, what makes somebody different, prejudices, biases, things like that. And kids that are little, they don't see character qualities. They don't necessarily think about that stuff. They're very visual. It's very black and white kind of thing, not to be. But, you know, what happens is they, um, they look at, they look at the surface level. Well, they have blue eyes. I have brown eyes. They have brown hair. I have red hair. You know, they have brown skin. I have white skin. And so when they're already identifying these and then 
oh, well, don't you feel a certain way? What kind of leading is happening is really the question. Now, here's the thing. Um, I don't believe all teachers have this kind of thought in mind. Mm -hmm. I think that the way that it's been presented um, to teachers is that it's helpful for kids' mental health. Um, I think that it's been presented as this is going to help with behavior problems. The problem is, well, this this program, we, we were a pilot program for this back in, I believe, 2016. Mm. And if you look at our test scores, because because they're always saying, oh, mental health and their mental health has to be good so that they can, we have to focus on their mental health first because then they can focus on academics. However, um, if you look at the test scores, they haven't gotten better. And I mean, COVID didn't help. No, but even but, without COVID, they weren't getting better. Right. And right. so to say that this is helping kids with their mental health, to say that this is helping kids with their academics, that's false. And to add on to that is that it also goes into areas where parents want to be involved is that you know, schools have always there's always been a a definition of character in schools. But you are right is that it happens through content, whether it's through sports. Sports used to be a big definition of character or mm -hmm. in the things that you tackle in in the classrooms. But it's yeah. always as a result of content and not a targeted lesson mm -hmm. time. So I was a speech therapist for, for 13 years. And one of the things, because I taught a lot of kids with, um, who were on the autism spectrum and who were, you know, struggled with conversational abilities and the ability to relate and communicate. And one of the things that we were taught through all of my training and even in when I was teaching is you cannot teach for every situation that comes up. And so what you have to do is you have to teach within the moment, meaning, Johnny is not sharing with Sally, so we sit down with the two of them and we we demonstrate how do we share, how do we do this, how do we communicate better, using the context of right now to teach kids how to respond better the next time and really talk through briefly. I mean, you don't need to go, when you're talking to little kids, you don't need to go super in-depth. And you Some can't. They, they don't have the... They, right, exactly. They don't, <laughs> they don't have the ability to... to to get all of that. And so when you, when you put it into play, like there are always these, there's so many teachers that say play is the best way to teach kids. It yeah. is because they're there and they can learn. This is how I interact with these people. And this is not going to be taken well by this person, but this person might be okay with it. And so learning how to navigate through play, play mm -hmm. is really vital. So to say that we have to sit down for 20 to 30 minutes to teach these kids this, this stuff that honestly is taught through context, through, through play, through even through group projects. You learn teamwork through like a group project. You learn teamwork through playing a game together. You, there are so many ways to learn teamwork and how to benefit other people and how you are a valuable part of the team. You don't have to sit down and talk about it for 20 to 30 minutes. You just don't. So you've got some heavy lifting to do because this is coming down not just from the county school board, but this is coming down from the state. Mm -hmm. How can we fix that at uh, here at the New Hanover County level? How are you going to fix that? <laughs> I think that one person um, is not going to fix that. I think it's going to take a team. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I have a, a, you know, we have a good group of, of the four of us that really want to, that really want to get this out of our schools. It's damaging mm-hmm. to our kids. And it's honestly, it's overburdening our teachers. They don't need 20 to 30 minutes of extra work. And so I, I really, I think that having that majority and really just talking through, well, this is not effective because as I said before, test scores haven't gone up. They haven't. Um, and what we're seeing, I spoke with a therapist, um, and she said at a school, and she said, um, all day I'm putting out fires for behavior. Mm. And I said, Really? And she I said, What what can be done to solve this? And she said, they don't understand what they're learn like they're supposed to be learning. They can't read, they can't do math, they can't write, and so they're acting out. So right there, that shows social emotional learning is not effective. And really sharing that with teachers and saying, We're trying to take the burden off of you. You're already overwhelmed. You're already filled with these teacher work days of training, and you don't even get to prepare for class to make these enriching lessons about reading and writing and math and history and all the things that you could do in science, all the amazing things that you could do with your time to prepare. Um, you're now in trainings for social emotional learning or equity or all of these things. And really just, just speaking with the community and with the, with the teachers and saying, look, this is an extra burden. We don't need this. We need to get it out. And having a team with me on the school board, I think will definitely help influence that decision and help these teachers understand, yeah, this isn't an effective thing and we don't need it. We need to focus on other things. You and your team have been targeted by a lot of money from outside of New Hanover County, a lot of money from New Hanover. And they are saying things like, you want to ban books. You want to literally whitewash American history. You want to, uh, you want to get a, get rid of of uh, particular subjects in particular schools, uh, you want to lock down schools so like they're Fort Knox's. Uh, what's your response to that, Melissa? I can't be an extremist and a conservative at the same time. <laughs> it's not possible. It's what it is 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 fear. There's fear. Um, never once have I said I want to ban books ever. <laughs> what I want is parents being able to know what's in the libraries. And I've seen what's in our libraries and I've read what's in our libraries and it's not appropriate for kids. And I think that there has to be some accountability at the school board level or not the school board level. Well, yeah, at the school board level, because they're responsible for some of the materials that are being put in the libraries. You know, you're aware of what's going in. Uh, You should know that this is not appropriate content. And so when it comes to the book banning, I think that's absurd. Um, I don't want to ban. I want parents involved more. I want parents to be able to decide. You know, I'm not saying nobody can ever read these books. When you think of banning, it's making them illegal. Like you cannot have them right. in the school. It's illegal. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't want inappropriate content by the paid for by taxpayer dollars mm-hmm. to be in our school libraries when parents have to jump through 8 million hoops to one, try and find out what's in the library and two, uh, complain to get a book out of one school. You know, you can have these, these books, they can be in five different schools, but you have to go 
one school at a time. If it's inappropriate for one, it's inappropriate for all. Some so of these books, so, uh, I, I, I'm interrupting you for a second. Some no, of these books are, are, are so bad that when they've been attempted to be read at school boards across the country, they've been stopped because they, they're told, well, we don't use that kind of language here, mm -hmm. right? And, and these are these are the kind of books that we're giving our children. Right. And it doesn't make any sense. No. You know, we have school board members that are saying, well, you know, they can find it on their phones. So what difference does it make? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> no. Nice. If parents are not monitoring what their kids are looking at on their phones, that's their decision. Um, but if we can control it, taxpayer dollars should not be going toward books that have pornography in them. And we're not just talking like, like many times what will come up is the book All Boys Aren't Blue, which is, you know, mainly focused on homosexual acts. But let's be honest, there's more books about heterosexual sex acts than there are homosexual <laughs> that I've read, at least. Right. And, and they're explicit. And if a, a radio DJ can't read him on the radio because he'll lose his job, if I can't read him in front of the school board, and if they're even inappropriate to be read out loud to begin with, and I could get, you know, I could get in legal trouble for it, why do our kids have access to it? So it's why? not about banning books. It's not about banning books. It's about being responsible for what our kids are reading. Absolutely. And, and making sure and making sure that the parents have access to it. So whether Absolutely. it's whether it's banning books or whether it's whitewashing American history or whether it is all the other things that you are, that if you're listening to this podcast and are getting those mailings, they're lying to you. Let's, let's be open and they're lying. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and just briefly about the, the history thing, I want all history taught good, bad, and indifferent. I don't mm -hmm. think we should be focusing on one particular aspect and, and having conversations with teachers and students who are saying, well, they're saying that this Wilmington horrible thing that happened in Wilmington was done by a certain group of individuals without doing the research and blaming one p political party for it. I don't think that's accurate teaching. You don't, you have to teach all of it. All mm -hmm. of it, the good, the bad, the indifferent. Our history is our history. And if we don't learn from it, we'll do it again. And and again, and again, and again. Melissa, you have been out campaigning a lot. We're coming down to the final days. I've asked this of all the candidates I've talked to in the last few days. If there's one thing that you want people to hear that, that so as they go in and, and, and fill out that ballot, to make them understand that you are the best candidate for this position, what would that be? So many people, um, they're looking for change. We need change. We need people that aren't politicians. And I am definitely not a politician. Um, I've been a teacher for 18 years. So I have the background and I've taught from kindergarten all the way up now through college. I've taught mm. special needs kids. So I know that the, the unique um, needs that they have and, and working with individualized education plans and 504s and how often they, they tend to fall through the cracks. And those, those kids are so special to me. Um, there's some of my, some of my little babies that I, that I still, you know, look out for. Mm -hmm. Um, but being a mom that has kids that go to our schools, this is, this is a big deal for me. Um, 
this is my kid's future too. And mm. so I'm not willing to put my kid's future on the line and I'm not willing to put the community, the community's children, um, their future on the line. I think it's so important that we do better for our kids because they have been shafted for the past few years and um, we need to do better. Melissa Mason running for Board of Education here in New Hanover County. I know you're incredibly busy. Thank you for taking the time to, to get on our show tonight. Not a problem. Thank you for having me.